Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Good evening, listeners. Today we are here with Sander from May 40 Miniatures to talk about the KNIL uh, Kickstarter, some of the other things May 40 Miniatures have done, and to have a chat with hobbyists whose work we really enjoy. So, good evening, Sander. Hi, good evening. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Well, it's it, it's great to have you on. And uh, you know, long-term listeners will have known when we first started, well, I think one of the first projects I was talking about in Hobby Progress was the Fulcrum Jaeger, which I'd packed. And I think they're probably still the last big World War II army project I finished. Um, and so now the KNIL are out and it's something that Andy's been wanting to do for ages. So um, he is, I think he's already back to them. If not, I will jab him with a stick to remind him. He said he is. Um, so for those listeners who don't know you, Sander, would you describe quickly who May 40 Miniatures are for everyone? Sort of like where you are? Um, um, May 40 started in 2016, um, mainly because I wanted to do Dutch. 1940, and there were no miniatures available. And converting a complete army is a possibility, but yeah, a lot of work. So I looked around for options and found Michael, and he was uh, game. So we we talked about it and well, uh, just started. He started sculpting, and I set up a website and that kind of stuff. I think that's. I think lots of the people we speak to, basically, their company started because they wanted to have minis for a game that nobody else made. So they 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 made the the company was produced to because to you know justify making models that they wanted themselves. So it was that D- Dutch range is where it sort of all started from. For you, really, of, of which I've got some. And are they the you're re-releasing or renewing some of? the Dutch range aren't you because am I right in understanding that actually those molds got destroyed or wore out or something so they're not currently available the Dutch um yes the, the original molds have been um overused misused uh whatever and they're not usable anymore I do have the, the original master molds but the choice was do all the production molds again or take the opportunity and redo the stuff with modern techniques like 3D printed weapons and helmets and well yeah we went with that yeah because so now the, the, the full Dutch range will be re-released hopefully by the end of the year but <laughs> probably first quarter next year because I suppose although you only brought them out in 2016 I suppose really like the technology available will have come on leaps and bounds in like that sort of almost eight years now weren't it with the, the 3d printing and yeah definitely of... yeah we uh we did a vehicle or two the the, the armored car the m36 and uh, the 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 truck which we released two weeks ago um and we had that printed with a a, a huge company that lets others print it for them and um, don't remember the name I think it was Shapeway or something, but the quality of the printing was 
Mm, nah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, but now I have a, a resin 3D printer and wow. <laughs> yeah. But totally um, different. Your, your figures, the 28mm the, 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 the figures, so they're all cast metals, aren't they? Yes. That, yep. that, that all, and is, is that something that you're going to be sticking with always, the cast metals, or do you think you might eventually move into like the, the resins or the, the prints for figures? Mm, never say never, but for now, no. Metal is, yeah. You get my vote for metal is better. <laughs> I, much yeah. prefer, I much prefer metal miniatures. Um, I'm not saying 3D resin is no good, but metal stays. I, I don't know what will happen with resin miniatures in the, in the coming years. Yeah, people might open army cases that they've not opened for a couple of years to sort of just pile of dust. Um, Who knows? So, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it will be fun when people find out. Um, so you said that you sort of like basically started really because you, you wanted some Dutch and nobody was making them. Uh, and I, I know we had like a little bit of a chat via email yesterday with some of this question. You said you don't sort of really get a lot of time for gaming. By, by being very busy, but uh, when you sort of do have any kind of, of gaming, what sort of gaming is it that you like to do? Is is it more the simulation kind of gaming where you sort of do like historical recreation scenarios or do you like more open gaming? Um, when we get time to game and when the gaming room is done, uh, it would probably be historical. Historical. Uh, yeah, the historical scenarios replay stuff that happened yeah so um when you sort of like create a range do, do you have any games specifically in mind for sort of what games are going to play with those or do you do sort of like with the Forge and the kl and i and you sort of they're basically very much range. they're sort of they're built around squads platoons up to like half companies aren't they is that what you do or, or do you think more like well this will be good for like chain of command or this will be good for bolt action um i've tried to take that into account but that's very difficult because the both both games are in my opinion completely different um so i stick to what was historically accurate so a squad of 10 or a squad of 12 even yeah. though that's Maybe not as uh, usable for the customer, but yeah, that's that's what it is. I prefer it. I I, I think I, I I'm a gamer who I used to play a lot of bolt action. Went into playing a bit of chain of command, but now play more sort of like company level things. Um, and so, I th but I think having like full squads and that is better to have the more figures than you necessarily need but also it allows you to have more sculpts in your squads even if you're using smaller squads um so also when we had a chat you, you sort of said that you you know you're a little bit of a gamer uh, a bit of a painter sort of a, a modeler what is it that you collect and paint yourself is it primarily dutch and sort of like things from um, the, the low countries or Oh, at the moment it is at the moment i'm trying to get all my my stuff painted so i'm st still working on the the um also have all the the ss minis primed and half painted but now i'm working on the on the knil is how you pronounce it in dutch um to get them ready for pictures and uh 
a small game on the 16th of December in uh, the uh, Museum of Overloan. There will be an event there, which is called uh, World War II in the Netherlands. Um, and we're actually in the museum playing games with a, a tiger and a, a panther nearby. And all sounds, kinds of other stuff. That sounds very cool. Um, so what is um, like the Dutch wargaming scene sort of like from your perspective? We're always very interested to sort of hear from around the world what it's like. For what I can tell, it's it's very diverse. It's like um, Warhammer is a big one, which I started with 25 years or so ago. Uh, but also historical uh, board games slash war games like Zombicide and that kind of stuff. So it's it's yeah, well everything. Yeah, I think it sounds similar here. I think like I think in the UK, I don't think you've got anybody. I don't think I know any gamers really under about 40 who haven't come into, who are now playing historicals, who haven't come in from playing Warhammer or 40K. How popular is sort of like World War II in comparison? In Because I think here, like World War II, I think is like an order of magnitude bigger than all the other historical periods sort of put together. Is, is that the same around where you are? Or is it a bit more of a wider spread? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's widespread. There's, there's, well, I'm not the. Would you say that? The expert on that. Oh, but no, from what I see, there's lots of people in the well, not the neighborhood because where I live, there are no war gamers at all. Ah, that's, so that's yeah, I, I picked the right spot just to open a store, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because everything happens online anyway, so. Yeah, because you do have a, a brick and mortar store as well, don't you? Um, and I, yeah, I know it's, it's it's nearly finished. It's a, a, a garage I I changed into a store. Um, because you you stock a lot of the Rubicon kits and all sorts of stuff. If I'm correct in thinking, do you? Yeah, or yeah. At the moment, I stock all the Rubicon plastic kits and do resin and metal on, on order because there's just so much <laughs> yeah and um, not not to not to be a bad talking but stock is a problem for the resin and metal stuff oh um, I can only imagine um I, 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 I think Steve said they're working on it to get it locally cost, so that might solve a lot of problems. Oh, that's cool to know. So, um, now, I might just have uh, told you a secret. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know it's. I know lots of companies are having problems with getting things shipped or made from all over the place, aren't they? So, I think other companies, and I know uh, definitely, like here in the UK. Um, you know, shipping and that sort of stuff is just a nightmare. Uh, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, it, either getting things shipped in from outside of you know Britain now, or us Britain sending things to anyone else. It's just an utter nightmare, and so everyone's trying to sort of find retailers and that sort of thing. And here uh, in the UK, if we want to pick up your stuff, it's Great Escape Games is the UK retailer, aren't they? So, yes. Yes. Um, yep. That's that. 
Um, and which is cool because he has a lot of niche uh, nations in his range. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the Norwegians, the Danes, and and Finnish. Yeah, I, so I, I, fin, Finns are not really niche, but so yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know if he's got a conservatory on his house, but if he has, I've at least probably played for like at least the door lintel or something on it with the amount of minor nations I've bought from <laughs> Great Escape Games. Um, and am I right in thinking that also you are currently looking for a retailer, both in like the US and Australia? Do sort of like take stock some of your ranges. Um, I know we have a lot yes. of Australian listeners, so if any of you Australian listeners are, you know, friendly with a store, if you've got your own store and fancy stocking some fantastic miniatures, reach out to Sandy. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all with the figures. Well, the thing is, I'm I'm happy to send it over, but postage is it's just ridiculous. Oh, it's um, I bought some Company B stuff, I think, last year. And by the time it had arrived here, I'd basically paid for it twice. I think yeah. the, sh the shipping and the import duties on it were more than the figures themselves. Um, yeah, which well, that's, that's, that's a problem because sending to the UK. Uh, is a problem, so that's why uh, Great Escape is stocking my stuff. And I'm stocking their stuff because of the same reasons. Win-win <laughs> uh, all round. So um, let's sort of like now actually move on to the KNIL, or I'll let you give them their proper introduction, how you pronounce it properly in Dutch. I won't try and butcher it. <laughs> um, the, it's KNIL, which means uh, Koninklijk Nederlands Indisch Leger. Uh, that translates to uh, the Netherlands Royal Dutch East Indies Army. Only in East Indies, you, you don't say the East. Um, in Dutch, you do, but yeah, well. Yeah. And I think these are one of those, I suppose, it, it, in like popular gaming parlance, they would be seen as like a, a minor power, minor faction, aren't they? In that they are well-equipped, relatively poorly trained, interestingly armoured with light tank things like Carden Lloyds, light tanks. And I, I know I've uh, seen them sort of like referred to as a kind of home guard, but slightly better than that. Um, is that about right or is that complete ignorance? No, 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 that's about right. They were um, actually a professional army. Well, not really even an army. They were a police force in general. They were there to police the colonies. And they were not trained or equipped to deal with a big invasion. Because if you look at the map of Indonesia, it's huge. There were not enough men to even defend half of it. Yeah. Um and so, obviously, for listeners who have got no idea at all, this uh, they are the colonial force, the Dutch colonial force stationed in Indonesia, aren't they? And so it's sort of fighting the Japanese in World War Two. If you didn't know that, listeners, you probably listened to the wrong podcast today. Um, so what was it that attracted you to 
first off wanting to spend all the time researching and coming up with them and then actually going through all the the pain and effort into actually releasing this range that's now available for us to buy? Um, because it's part of Dutch history. And May 40 miniatures has an underlying goal of trying to do all things Dutch. World War II anyway, and maybe some later project, but who knows? So uh, I think that's a, a very valid and valiant reason to do it. I think it's, that sounds very cool. Do you personally have any personal link to any of uh, the veterans? Or yes, I know. My grandmother uh, lived there and left before the war started years before the war started so there's a small connection would you like to just quickly explain to the listeners how the kickstarter works what is available in there you don't need to sort of like list all the pledge levels and all that sort of stuff but just give the listeners a, a sweetener before they go and check it out um yeah um well we started out with taking out several squads and weapons to start with um there's enough to build a platoon or a company-sized army. Um, only the choices are still limited because a lot of stuff is locked behind stretch goals. So you have a squad, well, one or no, two stretch goals have been unlocked. So you have now the choice of uh, either a Vickers heavy machine gun or a mortar firing. And there's only one type of command yet. There's two types of Madsen machine guns, light machine guns for the squad. Um, and there's a, a HQ, an officer on horse with a horse holder and another officer. And there's a civilian truck to transport the, the, the support weapons. And there's also a Braat overvalwagen. That's a, an armored transport for the squad. That's what now already available in the Kickstarter. And we're hoping to unlock all the other other toys, if you can call them toys, but yeah, toys. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, they're models, they're figures, they're also toys, I think. Yeah, well, I refer to weapons normally as toys. Maybe weird, but yeah, they're toys. <laughs> <laughs> they're tools and toys. Yeah, both at the same time. Um, and, yeah, so it's already funded, and as I think as you just described there, you know, for those of us who have played sort of like bolt action or training command, you've got pretty much everything you already need unlocked already. And the more people that back it, the more toys that do get unlocked. And I, I will keep stressing to listeners how lovely the figures are, and like how like both a great job your sculptor does on casting them. Um, who is it who does all the research? Uh, into the figures to sort of like make sure everything goes right. I, I know back with the Falschmjäger, I can remember sort of like while that they were in development, that you know seeing because you also do a fantastic job of like updating us all on what happens, you know, keeping us in, involved in the, the loop and everything. I know there's sort of like lots of chat about sort of like the gaiters and like the ankle boots and sort of things about the Falschmjäger when you were doing a few for Crete and all that sort of stuff. So sort of how does all that research sort of come about? Is that something that you enjoy doing or do you farm out to other people? 
No, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. I uh, I, I, I use books uh, and Google, of course. Um, and I have a lot of friends out there who help out. There's a lot of nodule, so wow, okay. Um, people who know stuff, <laughs> um, much more than me. So I have uh, a lot of help. Well, that's, that, that's the joy about war games, isn't it? You know, you, you, you're sort of stuck on a piece of like webbing design or something, and you, you can guarantee you'll probably know somebody who will either like have a set in a cupboard somewhere or will definitely have photographs of it who can show you, well, this is exactly how it looked for this two weeks yeah. before it got reissued and changed. And I've been reenacting for like 25 years also, and I know a lot of people in that scene, people who do Volksgemeerger. And I do Dutch myself, so well, yeah. All the research has been done on it. Uh, it it's great to have miniatures which actually look correct, and you know, I think it's it's one of the great things I I love about the Volschmeier is being able to like read and like hit scenarios and like read battle reports and read like after action reports and realizing I can sort of like reproduce those if I wanted to on the tabletop exactly with figures that look correct without any mental gymnastics to sort of make them fit. Um, that's things I I really enjoy. And now when does the Kickstarter end? Yeah, now? I think it's 5 November on a Sunday. Bonfire day here in the UK. One of the things here that we saw champion on Hobby Sport Group is the idea of when you're doing an army or a project to do both forces for it so you can make nice terrain and you can have historically matched forces. So if somebody was to get the KLNIN to fight, who, uh, what figures would you personally recommend for the Japanese for them to try and drive um... back into sea? Company B Japanese paratroopers. Which you those at, at least. Yep, they are. I've got some of those. They they were there, so yeah. Yep, they are they are gorgeous models as well. Um, they are they are fantastic models. So they also get a thumbs up from me, having bought and painted some of those. So yeah, and I believe there's uh, another Kickstarter coming up for Japanese STLs. So. Maybe keep those in mind. I've seen pictures of them and they look great, but yep. you have to you have to print them yourself. They're not yep. in metal. Yeah, I think I, I I have seen some amazing STLs for some Japanese stuff, but fortunately, I'm you know, I had a 3D printer and I gave it to a friend because I didn't get on with it. Um, but I know <laughs> on, on the, I know on, we have listeners on the podcast and who share stuff on the Facebook group who are like 3D print stuff all the time and it's out of this world amazing but i'm a technological luddite so much prefer metal minis well thank you very much for joining me this evening is there anything else that you would like to mention that i've not talked about this evening um no i don't think so um i hope people go check out the kickstarter um yeah that well thank you very much i know they get back on with your evening and I hope it's an amazing success and I'm very much looking forward to playing against them when Andy's bought them. So thank you very much. Goodbye listeners. We'll be back soon.